It's an old song. Some of you might have heard it before. I know, you know, there's by a group called War. You guys ever heard of that group War? Right? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Remember that one? The color of your skin don't matter to me. As long as we can live in harmony. Right? I said, hey, that's pretty good. Right there. But how many loyal, devoted, and genuine true friends do people really have? You know, we, you know, we all want friends. You know, even Ronnie King. Can we all just get along? Right? But I'm not talking about casual friendship. But those kinds, of, they come quickly and they leave quickly. Casual friendship. No, I'm talking about uh, uh, friendships. And real friendships, they take time to build. It doesn't happen overnight. In fact, psychologists have, have, have looked at uh, sociologists and studied human behavior. It takes about 14 months just to determine if you want to try to be a friend. You know, after 14 months, you say, nah, man, that, that dude right there can kick rocks. Right? After 14 months, you go, I don't want to know. I, you know, you, you stop picking up their phone or, or you, you don't answer their text message, right? You got, you, you got like a danger, danger sign when they ring you. But after 14 months, if you, if you decide to stick it, then you have a possibility of becoming a friend. So it's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Today, I want to talk about, about friends and what we should do. And, and I think just the nature of this type of message, some, some emotions might be um, quickened. I'm going to stir up your, your heart strings, maybe. It's friendships. I know if, if we live in any kind of while, we've all been hurt by our friends, right? Hurt by family. We've been, we've been let down, right? And so there's, there's, there's caution. And the Bible talks about you got to be careful because Jesus says that he's a friend. But, and Jesus' friendship, he says, I stick to you closer than a brother. Real friendship, right? Amos says, can two walk together lest they agree to do so? So the Bible is really clear and, and, and specific about how we build wise friendships. And so, so without, uh, throughout Scripture, he cautions you on who you're going to hang with. Who are you going to choose to be your friend? Now, those say, well, I'm looking around, <clears throat> and I think really what I'm trying to say is you have to be a good friend before you can choose good friends. Because right, the problem is always, it's not, oh, look at all these ugly people. They're no good. I don't trust them all. I bet you they're saying the same thing about you. So we can't be looking at who is going to be the good friend? No, we have to say, I need to become that good friend. See, and if you become a good friend, you become a certain type of bird. You know, you know how your birds of a feather flock together. You, you know, I was in, in there going towards the Buckingham Palace, and they have a whole, uh, I don't know what you call them when there's more than one swan, whole flock, flock of geese, a flock of swans, right? And they're there. But one thing I noticed about those swans, they all looked alike. Isn't that amazing? So whoever you hang with, you'll start to look like them. Not here, 
but in here. You know, so you want to be an eagle or a turkey, it's up to you. But if you, be, if you act like an eagle, you'll attract eagles. And in like manner, if you act like a turkey, or for some people, if you act like a dodo bird, even they say the dodo bird is extinct, right? But if you act like one, you'll find one. You'll come back to, you'll be resurrected. Got the dodo bird flock. But the Bible says you have to be careful who you choose, right? You have to really watch it. And after you, you choose, after about four years, if you've been hanging, then you can all say, you know, this is my friend. But it takes time. It takes work. So you have to be careful in how you form it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 33 reads, Do not be misled. That company corrupts the character. It's, it's like those people who get saved. They, want to love, they love the Lord. and They've been saved. They go, you know, I need to go back with my friends. Where are they at? Well, they're at the bar. And I want to, I want to evangelize. I go, shut up. You're not going to evangelize. You might evangelize the first day. After about the week, you're going to be drinking with them. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. That's why we always say, be careful. Don't go hang around with your old friend. Why? You don't want me to go hang around with my old friend? Why are you acting like that, man? Because we understand that if you keep hanging with the same people that you were getting high with, you're going to get high again. If you keep hanging with the same people you were lying with, you're going to lie again. If you keep hanging with the same people, you're going to become that. So you have to find good, good people. Amen? I think every child has learned this statement from their parent at one time or another. Tell me who you hang around with. And I'll tell you who you are. Right? Very true. Well, I think every, every culture says the same thing. Right? And so we have to understand if that is true, and we know it to be true, how much more would it matter as you come to the family of God? Tell me who you hang around with. You know, tell me who you are. See, if you hang around with a lot of non-believers and you come to church, guess what? You may be coming to church, but you're probably a non-believer. The church is full of non-believers. Didn't you know that? Let me just move on man, before I... Because that's not what I'm talking about today. Birds of a feather, right? Oh, here, oh it takes one... How do you know that? How do we know that? Because, you know, I came from the neighborhood. And I can, I can spot a guy from the neighborhood. I thought, yeah, I know that. Uh-huh. I've seen that duck walk. Walks like a duck. Walks like a duck. Quack. Yeah, it's a duck. I know a duck when I see one. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? So, so we have to be, walk with eagles. Jesus says that you will mount up on eagles' wings. Mount up on eagles' wings. You know what I'm talking about? And, and eagles are those type of people who can rise above the storm. See, eagles, when a storm comes, they do something very interesting. They leave their nest, but they don't go very far. They just go up above the storm. They coast and watch the beautiful view of the hurricane and everything that's going on. And when it passes, they come back and land. We rise up above it, right? But if you're not rising up above it, or let me say like this, you need to find people that know how to rise up above it, because if you don't, you're going to act just like them. Because you know some people don't rise above the storm. Well, they cry, complain, they snivel. Hello, somebody. Well, if you hang around with them, guess what you're going to do eventually? So you need to hang around with people who know how to rise above the storm. Who are you hanging with? Right? It's not that difficult, I don't think. 
to where you socialize determines what type of person you meet. Right? No. Don't raise your hand. So I'm going to ask a question. Is there any singles here? Just think about it. Don't raise your hand. Right? Now, singles, they have this thing they call, right, a singles website. You ever see that? I, even, I just seen one the other day. It made, if you're mature and over 50 and you want to hang with old people your age, I don't know what they call it. You know, Gerald Tall Outreach. I don't know what they call it. <laughs> but they have places where the singles, right, because they want to mingle and they want to hang with people, what do we call it, like kind, right? So if you go to a country club, you have a few martinis with the executive crowd. You, ever, you know what I'm talking about? See, people are going to hang around with who they want to be like. That's what I'm saying. You're going to go that kind of site. You're going to go to a singles bar. Or are you going to look for a girl in church? An eagle. Eagle. Right? So when Jesus picked his inner circle, think about this. He chose three men that he already hung around with. They had been around each other. They were hanging with each other. They got to know each other. Jesus, they went, they, they slept in the, in the same field together. Uh, they talked with each other. They were, they were a group before they were a group. So you, I, I understand this principle, and I, just, I always, only wanted to surround me when I was coming to the Lord with people who were serious about the things of God. In other words, they wanted ministry. They wanted to be a pastor. They wanted to be an evangelist. They wanted to do something for God. Those are the only people I used to hang around with. No, I was cordial with everybody else, but the people I hung with were like that. Why? Because I understood something. That if we hang with each other, we're going to become that. And all those men, without exception, every one of those men right now are a pastor right now. All of them. Not just one of them. All of them are pastors. I go to their churches. I, I go and we talk about when we were first coming up. Because we had this mindset. This is who we want to be. This is what I want to do. At the same time, there was a whole other group of people that hung out. And they didn't have a different, they had a different mindset. And without exception, we're not doing anything for the Lord. So who you, who, it's a choice. See, friendships, the impact of people. Right, we were talking, who was I talking about? Oh, I was talking with the group, our life groups. And I said, ministry would be very easy. If it weren't for the people, then if there was no people, then you'd have no ministry, right? So you, so you have to, you have to prepare yourself because people, they can disillusion you, right? You get, and that's if you're looking to people, huh? Oh, on the other side, friend, you can delusion, give them delusions, right? So if you ever know somebody, for example, that you thought was a friend, turn on you. Nobody, just me. I mean, you thought your friend also, man, this dude burnt me, man. He burnt me. Why? Because those couple friends, you got to be careful because they can disillusion you. They have impact on you. Or maybe they just change and be, began, be, began to act arrogant around you, whatever. It brings you down or they cause distress upon you. You know, this type of person who's always a burden. They take, 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 right? They come around you, what? When they want something. 
They don't come around wanting to be a blessing. Hey, I've been thinking about you. I come over. I want to bless you. Let me take you out to lunch. Right? They don't, they don't think like that. They come over. Hey, hey, you got any money? Dude, you only come around when you got money. Because people can do that to you. Right? They'll drag you down. So, and if you're not careful, bad friends will drag you into a pit. Now, I'm, right now, I'm just talking about bad friends right now. There, there's good friends, but we're talking about bad ones. And I know none of those bad friends are in this church. Amen? So I'm just letting you know so you can tell somebody else. Amen? Huh? Let's say you were rebuked and you got your feelings hurt. We'll talk about how they can drag you down. Then you want to share your feelings with someone you consider a friend. My pastor talked about he 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 was upset at me, right? And I, I was, you know, I had a had a good day and I rebuked you. And you go to that friend and you share your feelings with someone you think is a friend. And this person, rather than trying to show you why you received rebuke, they felt sorry for you. And they try to make you feel better. This type of friend is no friend at all. Oh no. I call this the Absalom syndrome. See, a friend who will correct you when you're wrong, despite your friendship, is really a friend. A person will just let you go about your business because that's your homie or you got his back and you ain't gonna, I ain't gonna snitch on him. Right? It's almost like, I, and I've seen this happen, not in church. I've seen it happen where this one guy knew his friend was, was, was being cheated on, but didn't want to say nothing because he didn't want to get involved. Now, what kind of a friend is that? No, good thing, you know, that wasn't the world. But if I was in the world, after I, no, let me get back over here. Don't want to say I call this the Absalom syndrome, right? Because they, they just want to make you feel good. They're not really concerned with your well-being long-term. They're just concerned with you being, feeling good. And they probably have some underlying motive, right? And you all know the, the story of the Absalom, of Absalom. He would come and he would come against his father's advice. Because his father was rebuking him, and he would tell everybody else, look, if I was in charge, I wouldn't treat you that way. If I were this, I wouldn't do that. Right? And they, all, they always say these things, not with the intent of helping somebody, but really with the intent of building themselves. Mm. So instead of developing unity, this person will bring discord between people. His heart was in defiance towards authority. And, and that often, and I'm saying this, why? Because I'm trying to do what my pastor said throughout the world and build a church who's united. Right? We have a vision, we have a mission, we have to go all over the world. I'm trying to build a church that's united. Now, do you think the devil is just going to sit down and say, oh, how cute, you try to build a united church. The devil doesn't know. Once he understands, and we're serious about what we do, right, he, he'll do anything and everything he can to find somebody that he can influence enough to create disunity. Listen, this is very obvious. If you find a person like that, you have to pick them up and, and understand what you're dealing with here. So God doesn't bring disunity. He brings unity. Because when a people come together as one man, like Nehemiah, they can build the walls in 52 days. When a people come together like one man, the Bible says that nothing that they bind on, on heaven can, well, 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 rather, he said, everything they bind in heaven shall be bound on earth. See, so when we come in unity, 
That's where the anointing is. And listen, if you've never had the anointing, you never felt the anointing, you may not know what I'm talking about. But when you have a people that are set like a flint, that know what they are called to do, and they want to do it, and they come together as a group, there is no better feeling. There's no better feeling than we're like, you know, we're in this together, man. Devil, you're a punk. Listen, where are you at? And you're ready to rock and roll. You're ready to do some damage because you know God is with you. There is a, an anointing. But some of you have never felt that. I was birthed in that. That's all I know. See, I've been told many times, and I'll tell you, see, when you're birthed in fire, like I was, you can't settle for smoke. Huh? And some of you are just selling for smoke. You're in Colorado and pot went legal and you were all happy. You're selling for smoke. Listen, my friend, you can't settle for smoke. You have to ask for the Holy Ghost. You got to be want the, the fire and the power of God. You have to want it more than life itself. If you don't, everything will get in your way. People, friends, they'll get in your way. See, friends the wrong friends, rather, can destroy us. That wrong relationship. Uh, now, on the other hand, good friends, they can bring delight to your life. As in the case of Jesus' inner circle. Uh, when you are with friends you trust, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, friends you trust. Anybody got friends you trust? Hmm? You can trust them and you can just be yourself. Enjoy time together. And there's nothing like you can enjoy time. When I go to Manila, oftentimes, you'll know, I go, Pastor Gilbert, who's now pioneering a church, he opened his church in San Francisco, just started. He, he, he has his thing with San Francisco, right? And he just started two weeks ago, my wife. And you know, um, Carlos, he went back with them. She knows that, she knows that. You know Carlos, right? Anyway, these are people at the group of the Lord. He, they're back there. But when we go, we go overseas and, and we camp together in a room and we just have fun. And we, we can be ourselves, we can talk and joke and laugh. And it, it, there's something about the, 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 the feeling of that, the trust that whatever happened, whatever you say, whatever you share, will not leave this room. You can trust them with your life. You can trust them with everything. And unfortunately, that's hard commodity to go by because sometimes, especially nowadays, man, you tell your homegirl something, you might as well put an article in the Gazette because it's getting out. You know what I'm talking about? Like, here's the thing. Sister, guess what? So-and-so said, but don't tell nobody, okay? And she goes, oh, I won't tell nobody. And then she goes next to hey, guess what? She says, oh, don't tell him. Next you know, man, it's all over the place. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, and, so, and the world is full of people like that. They're all over the place. And so my goal is to build a church. When people walk in this door, they can find a person who they can trust. They can find people that can they can lean on. They can find people who they can determine, not talkers and gossipers. I like to pray those people out. You talk too much. You're a gossip. God, oh God, I remove every gossip from this place. They talk too much. Amen. Well, it's, it's coming winter. Maybe we should keep them because it's full of hot air. Cool one of us. I don't know. On the other hand, they can delight us. Good friends will develop us. Right? Iron sharpens iron. You ever heard that? Huh? The Bible talks about that. And there, there are some people you know. 
and and when when you when you're off tilting and you're off a little bit, they go, "Come on, bro, what's up?" No, 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 no. You can't be like that. And they begin to check you. Now some people go, oh, "Don't check me. Don't judge me. I'm not judging, man. But you act like a fool right now. And I'm your friend, man. You need to behave, right? Come of you guys got to tell your homeboys, stop rubbernecking. Put some cement in that neck, bro. You're married. Poke your eyes out. So they need to develop you. You need someone who will call you to the carpet. They'll correct you. They'll charge you. They'll rebuke you. These are friends that develop you. Because I don't know about you, I want to be better. I don't want to be the same person I was yesterday. I want to be better than I was yesterday. And then today, and I want to be better tomorrow than I am today. I want to change. I want to change. So for me to continue to get better and to change, I need somebody who can say, you need to stop that, dude. And my friends, good friends, will develop you. Why? They'll develop you and they'll drive you to want to be better. Hmm? Those same people that encourage you. They're not there to put you down and make you look bad. They're there to deal with you and make you look good. Now, if you've got a thin skin, you can't take a rebuke. Oh, then you're a sissy. Come on, you've got to thicken up your skin, man. Don't be those thin skin. You're like, Quit crying, man. See, there's reward in friendship. Godly friendships are rewarding. Huh? Man, you, you feel accepted. Right? They accept your faults and all. Anybody got any faults? Come on now. Anybody, let me say that again. Anybody got any faults? So you're accepted here, man. Amen. <laughs> well, you're accepted here. You know why? I tell people, are you messed up? They go, yeah, good. Come on, join us. We're all messed up over here in Victory Outreach. <laughs> We're all messed up, man. We're just trying to make it, man. We're trying to fight off sin. We're trying to fight the devil, man. We're just trying to keep off temptation like everybody else. Come on and join us, and we'll help you out. That's how it should be. We accept people. We of all churches know that anybody can change. Anyone can change. We, uh, good friendship, you, you, you experience love, right? Proverbs 10, 12, reads, hatred stirs up dissension, but love covers all wrong. Uh, so when we deal with an issue, it should be never done to expose or harm a person. That's the deal. And you can tell, because some people like, like, ah, I got you. I got you. I knew you. I, I knew you were no good. I knew it. I knew it. I had discernment. The Holy Spirit told me, and now I caught you. No, that's that. What is that? That's demonic at its roots. When you when when you see a fault in person, it's not to expose them. It's to come here, come here, bro. It's to talk to them, to reason with them. You don't want to do that, man. Hopefully, you went through it and you you were corrected yourself. Because I did that. Don't do that. That's friendship. That's love. Huh? We may expose them, but not in public. You say, dude, you need to stop that, man. You need to go talk to pastors. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of days to talk to pastors. Go snitch on yourself. But if you don't, I'm going I'm to hit you up. You thought, what I do? What I do? Right? You know what I'm saying? But that's how, that's how you do it. That way, that way, at least that man or woman can walk around with dignity. Because we all make a mistake from time or two to two to two or two or two. Amen? All of us. 
Proverbs 79, he who covered over an offense promotes love. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Huh? See, the, the apostle Paul was adamant about this principle. Hey, don't be repeating this stuff. This is, and sometimes, you know, people, God will reveal to some people. Some people have a gift of discernment, and some people do. And God will give you that gift, and you'll see something. It's not because you, you're, you're special and, and you want to get them in trouble. No, because he's probably giving you that gift so that maybe you can intercede from maybe fast day. I mean, you, you had too many tacos on Tuesday. Cut it, man. Fast day for that brother that you think is all messed up. Is he messed up? If you think he's messed up, then pray and fast for him. Don't talk about him. Don't try to catch him. Pray for him. And I bet you he'll get better. And then you've done your job. That's why God gave you that gift of discernment. Right? First Peter 4, 8 says like this, above all. Let me say it again. Above what? Above all. Love each other deeply because love covers over multitude of sin. Above all. Huh? You have to. That's why I tell people, you have to love. A good friend will give you, I call it interchange, you know, that really interchange. Things that nobody may see. Nobody will probably ever recognize. But you know it. Inside, you know there's something different about me here. I'm different. I'm different. You'll know it. And normally that, that happens because friends are transferring that to you. All right? Of course, they're being led by the Holy Spirit, but it, it takes people. You know, we, want, we, we all want God's love, but listen, we all want God's love, but every one of us needs love with flesh on it from people. We all need that. So a natural response to friendship is you begin to change on the inside. Right? A marriage. Uh-oh. A marriage where friendship is top priority. What I say? Friendship is top priority is the best place to develop interchange. A marriage where friendship is. That's what sometimes marriages, you know, they, don't, they, 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 they say, we used to be friends. Now, man, I want to knock that brother out. Right? You ever get, come on, don't act like you never got like that. Some of you like that right now. But if you, if you spun it and said, look, I need to change on the inside. So I have to work on my friendship ability so that, so that my wife or my husband will want to be my friend. Not try to impose my will to make them my friend. It's a big difference. Because that's how, you know, especially men, they want to. You, you are, I demand, I'm a man. And you must submit, woman, and you are to be my friend. Bro, you'll be divorced in no seconds flat. You keep it like that up. No, no woman's going to tolerate that. No, you have to say, no, you know what? I need to make myself friendly enough that she would want to be my friend. Well, every man in the house looking at me like this. That's interchange. Because what could you, you I, come on, we're married. You've been married more than a month. You know, it's like rough. It's a mystery. The Bible says it's a mystery. How in the world can you put two people that are completely different together? That's like, I, you know, I think God was a comedian. Because he could have said, no, I'm going, to be, I'm going to put people together that are completely the same so that they would marry and be harmonious, harmonious, or rather, harmonious the rest of their life. He didn't do it that way. He probably said, hey, man, it's a good one. 
He's talking to the Holy Spirit and Jesus, talking to himself. This is a good one. I'm going to put two people together that are completely different, think, don't, never will think alike, huh? and put them together and then tell them to be one. <laughs> That's what he did. Huh? That's what he did. Why? Because he wanted us to develop interchange. Billy Graham's wife was once asked if at any time during their long, and they were married a long time, married life together, that she should, uh, did she ever think about divorce? She looked strange. She replied, never. No, never divorce. Homicide, maybe, but never divorce. <laughs> so I, look, I go, that's great. It's not just me. All right? But see, that's where you develop good, true friendships. When you say, look, we got, I got to be friendly, not I got to make a friend. I got to be a friend. Because hmm? if you did something, listen, if you did something to hurt your friend, it should prompt you to want to be better. So when my, as my wife is my friend, my friend, if I did something to hurt her, now, and during the heat of battle, you know, during the heat of battle, you don't think about it. But after the, after the, the, the dust settles and you think about it, you go, man, I should have never done that. That should have prompted me to say, you know what, I got to make up. Oh, no, I'm gonna wait, 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 wait till she apologizes. No, 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 no. Whoever, somebody's got to be an adult. It could be man or woman. You got to say, you know what, that's my friend. I have to make it right. Even if I think I'm right. So I'd rather be right and humble myself and just make amends. Because I need the friendship more than being right. Well, so that leads to intimacy. And when I'm talking intimacy, in this world of mistrust, when you find someone you can share your innermost feeling without a sense of regret, it's a wonderful feeling. Huh? A deep friend or intimate. And I'm not just talking now the marriage couple. I'm talking about intimacy friends. You can share everything with. You got to worry about it. They're going to come back to haunt you. Man, that is great. Intimate friends. An intimate friendship helps me to become fruitful. See, and it also, it develops me spiritually. It makes me grow spiritually. When friends go in Christ, they produce spiritually. My intimate friends are of the same flock I am. When we met, we all knew we were calling to ministry. Like I said earlier, all are now pastors in Victory Outreach. Why? Because when we met, we looked eye to eye. We knew, you want what I want. Yeah, I want what you want. We knew. There's an eagle. There's an eagle. I'll be going around all some some good. Hey, can I hang with you? Oh, here's a duck. We said, come here, come here, little quacker. We did. We'd bring him in and we 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 start talking to them. Maybe he was an eaglet. We didn't know it yet. Could have been an eaglet. You gotta bring some eaglets in. Eaglets are cool. They're cute. Come here, little eaglet. We think, and we would talk with him. We come on, hang with us. We would take him for a ride. We talk about ministry. And, and if they, they pass the test, hey, I think, hey, we wouldn't even call them. Hey, I think the eaglet wants to hang. Hey, the eaglet? Oh, cute. Little eaglet. We were all proud. We walk around. Pastor said, you got a disciple? Oh, we got a couple of eaglets. 
He said it right there. Huh? Larry was in our home, right, Larry? We had 28. Sometimes, we had, I think the most men we had in our home, when we had, remember we had the men living in the, in the um, laying in the living room, the men's home, the men's home. We had about 20 men living in the men's home, uh, in, the, in the living room. We had lost our home. 20 men. 20, think about 20 men. And they were like, ging, 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 in our living room. Our living room was not maybe, you know, from that pole that way and from the wall to about the edge of the line. And so we had 20 men. They were like, lined up like, like burritos. Doom, 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 doom. I mean, they, they had a roll like, hey, I'm going to roll over. They all rolled together, you know. Boom. <laughs> That's all we had, man. You guys got it made. And then we had another 28 men in the reentry. We had five bedrooms, a garage, people in the garage, everything, right? But in there, we had intimate friends that would talk. We would, we would dream about doing what I'm doing now. We'd be in the home. Why do you think Larry came? And Jose, Jose's now in the Philippines. Why? Because we were talking, we were dreaming what God could do in our lives. Because before we had nothing, man, we just we grew up from Dakota. All we seen was violence and drug addiction, drug abuse and lying and cheating. That's all we knew. And then God lifted us up. What? Are you kidding me? So we would talk about things. We would dream about what was going to happen in our life. And look, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. So, and what I'm telling you right now is being repeated all over the world. Huh? So we want to grow. Grow. Huh? Grow. So how do you build wise relationships? I'm coming in for landing. Hmm? You have to sh- have deep concern and interest in people. You have to have, because, you know, you'd be amazed how many friends you would have if you were more concerned with hearing about them than telling them about you. Most people always want to tell them about you. Well, you know, this is what I did. And when I was in the neighborhood, I did this, and I'm, and I'm this, and wah, 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 and wah, 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 wah. Right? If you just said and felt more concerned about people, you know, who cares what you did? People want to feel like you care about them. Ask, hey, what's your dreams like? Now, that's my, my, my favorite question. When I meet a, a person I'm new, I go, what do you want to do with the rest of What's your dream? What do you dream? In fact, how can I help you make that dream? I want to help you make that dream come true. And I mean it. I want, my job, my wife knows, my job is to help every one of you to make your dream come true. How can I do that? So I sit and wait, looking for opportunity. God, how can I make Larry's dream come true? How can I make everybody's dream come true? Right? Not Corey. Carlos, hey, the two C's, we just need one with three C's. Amen. How can I make the dreams come true? I'm, I'm serious. I look at it. When I see a new couple come in, I go, wow. I see a new guy come in, wow. What do they want to do in their life? God, how can I help them fulfill their purpose? Make their dream come true. And I, I need more dream makers in the church. We have to be a church that are dream makers, that we sit and dream big. Don't dream little. We don't serve a little God, a little tiny midget God. No, man, we serve a big God. My God owns owns the cattle cattle on a thousand hills, right? We serve a God who wants to bless, and he doesn't just give you and bless you. He always over-blesses, right? He don't just give you what you need. He's not a God of enough. He's a God of more than enough, right? He's just not a kind of God that comes and conquers. He's not just a conqueror. He's more than a conqueror, right? That's the kind of God, right? said he doesn't just give you abundantly. I like this one. He doesn't just abundantly bless you. When you read scripture, it says 
he will give you exceedingly abundantly more. I mean, that's a lot of adjectives. Now, think about that. He could have just said, and God will give you more. And that's cool. Wow, God will give you more. He said, and he could have then said, he'll give you abundantly more. That's not enough for God. Because God doesn't just give you more. He just doesn't give you abundantly more. Uh-uh. He goes exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever ask. That's the kind of God we serve. That's who I serve. Amen? So we, we need to focus on their needs, on people's needs, not our needs. Huh? When you have to feel their rejection and their pain, when they come in, what is their pain? And if there is no pain and God just brought them in and they just want to help out, praise the Lord. We want that too. But listen, my friend, we have to be sensitive to people's needs, their pain. And if we focus on them, they'll want to be your friend. Why? Because you've become friendly. Because hmm? so we want to love. We want to love sacrificially when my piano player comes up. Huh? We want to serve. We've got to be willing to serve the other person. So I landed in Manchester. I'm thinking, remember, I, I hadn't had no plans. Well, I had kind of plans. I knew I was going to go speak in London and Manchester, but I didn't really know what was in store. I told him, he goes, well, what, 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 do you, what do you need, Pastor? I could, you know, just give me a bed with the men's home. I want to kick him the men's home. I like kicking the men's home. They go, no, 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 I, I, we'll figure it out. So I, I landed, and this one um, girl, Emma, she it was still a girl. She had a two-bedroom, no, a three-bedroom uh, flat, right, her and her two kids. What she did, check this out. She said she moved out of her house for two weeks, turned the house over to me, and we had two other pastors. And I walked in, and I kind of felt bad, Right? I was in there first, and I, and I go, man, this girl just gave up her house to us. So I looked, and there was a master bedroom. I go, I'm not going in that one. So, so I went in the boys' room. I, didn't, I don't want to go in that room. because I, I already felt bad enough. I ain't going to sleep in that girl's room. I, you know, my own head trip, right? I, so I went in, the, in her son's room. I said, man cave, safe. That's safe, man cave. I like that one. So I went in there. One of the other pastors didn't care. He went over there. I go, that's on you, Jack. I'm going in here right in the But I sat there and thought. I go, wow, what a woman. A graduate of the woman's Graduate of the woman's home. I heard about her story. Seven years in prison, in, in the prison in UK. She delivered of drug addiction. Gave him her house, and then it gets better. She gave him her house and she turned it over to us for two weeks. And it was a beautiful place, relaxing, great. And I go, I go, her name was Emma. I go, Emma, thank you for the house. And and you gave it up. You, know, you don't know, Pastor. I was asked, and I said yes. And then they said this after I said yes. This is the stuff. They said, I didn't know this after. She told me, no, 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 it's, it's okay. I'm not ever going back there. I go, you mean you're not going back there? Oh, no. Now they want me to move into another house to take over the woman's reentry. See, her, her desire to serve, that was. And I, and I told the pastor, hey, that girl right there's a trip. She, oh, we've been working with her for years, and she has a heavy testimony. That's when I heard her testimony. You can see it. She was friendly. And now I can say, that's my friend. Huh? I, I, I told her, I got my wife's going to love you. I can't wait till she meets you. 
But she's got a heart for ministry, a heart for to do something for God. She was friendly. I go there and I meet all these people. They're picking me up. I love the Scottish people from Scotland. They're a trip. They come by. Hey, Pastor, you can hardly understand. You got to really watch it. Right? But all these guys were like guys from my neighborhood. Um, they're talking to me. I go, these guys, I go, you guys are a trip, man. You why know, you remind me of guys from my neighborhood. These are hardcore dudes that are rugged. That, that, that are like just like just like a, the working class hardcore men that got caught up in drugs and violence. But when, but when you win their heart over, they got your back. They're willing to go down. I go, you, I go, you, and I go, you guys ain't Scottish. I know what you are, girl. What pastor? You guys are bleached Mexicans. You got to be, man. Because you guys got heart, man. They were so friendly and welcoming. I go, man, these guys are cool. The one guy was my guide all over London, right? Taking me around. The other guys were driving me. But they, they, they had the ability to be friendly. It made you feel welcome. So that as I'm flying back, I said, you know, I want, I want our, us, me, you, to have that ability to be friendly, to make people, even strangers, the most important person that you see. And they're in front of you. Let them feel important. Because they are. Jesus died for them. Isn't that pretty important? And sometimes we forget. Here's a stranger. We go, oh, well, you know, I'm busy right now. I'm busy. And then you want to go to your own little cliques. And you forget. Wait a minute. The most important person on earth right now just walked through that door. And they probably just need you to be their friend. So my prayer is, can we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? I want every head bowed and every eye closed.